Your day has just begun. But for DJ and PK, they're just hitting their stride. It's time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? On 97.5, 1280, The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hashtag Utah Jazz. All thunder as a thunderstorm erupts this afternoon in Orlando under the NBA bubble. And Oklahoma City grabs a decisive 110-94 route of the Utah Jazz. It was over in the first quarter, PK. I know NBA games aren't normally over in the first quarter, but man, the Jazz were down 14 after a quarter, and it was just going to get worse from there. 24 at the half, 29 at the third, or 29 in the third. They didn't answer the bell, and it wasn't close. So Yogi Berra was wrong then. That's what you're telling me. It ain't over till it's over. It just happened to be over much earlier yeah. than that. Or do you go the Lenny Kravitz song? It ain't over till it's over. Which do you prefer, Yogi or Lenny? Yeah, I'm more Yogi. In this case, though. Uh, I think you uh, need to broaden your horizons. In this case, it, it was it was Over. Over. It was a bad game, man. They didn't play well at all, start to finish. I have my concerns. I'm, I'm concerned about them more now than I was uh, certainly at this time last week, at this time last Saturday. And then Saturday, man, it was just awful. And now I'm having conversations with some people and wondering what's up and just how good this team is. Jazz are back in action tonight against the Lakers. They can show us how good they are. They can answer the bell. You know, all that Jerry Sloan, what are you made of stuff? Or they could get thumped again and just continue to confirm what we saw on Saturday. Well, they made of what they're made of. I mean, that's what it is. Do they have enough talent? You can do all that boxing and whatever analogy you want, but talent wins, and do they have enough talent? Lakers have a ton of it, obviously. 7 o'clock tonight on ESPN. The Zone Sports Network's coverage begins at 6 o'clock with the pregame show. DJ and BK. Hashtag NBA. That will do it for a wild bubble afternoon as the Celtics survive a furious onslaught. A 76-point second half for the Blazers. The Celtics will get their 44th win of the year and move another step closer to the three seed. The final score, Boston 128, Portland 124. Portland with a furious rally there, but Boston holds on. They are uh, sitting third in the East. It'll be interesting to see what they do when they get to the playoffs and presumably run into Toronto in the second round. But for one for one game, that was pretty crazy, pretty wild as Portland got down big and then came back. And Damian Lillard, with it seemed like every Celtic in the building rushing him, threw the ball underneath for two instead of three with about seven seconds left. They didn't have a timeout, so they couldn't advance the ball after they fouled and got it back. So that was a problem, but... What are you going to do, PK? You got three guys rushing at you. Yeah, you probably should have found a teammate behind the three-point line, but should have got down by 24 either. Yeah, I took from this game, obviously the Blazers lost, but Nurkic being back, he had a massive game. Yeah. I think 39-5, and five, and that's a real good sign for him because we know he hasn't played in a good long while. And with him back, we saw with him before, Portland made a pretty good playoff run. So... What will they do now? This is just one game they lost. I get it. 
uh, but getting Nurkic back is just gigantic. They've got a chance to get into that playoff series. They are uh, two and a half games by Memphis. They need to be within four, but they also need to be ninth, and currently they are tenth. But I guess what I took away from it is uh, we're all expecting the Warriors to bounce back, or at least I am, and be at at least, at minimum, a top four team in the West next year. And the Blazers ought to bounce back and be in the playoff picture next year, too. So the West, which is already really good, looks like it just ought to be getting better. Yeah, I was talking about next year. I wasn't talking about next week. Looking for them to see what they could do next year. And the Rockets... Beat the Bucks 120 to 116. Hang around, PK, and then be really good at the end. They were down eight in the final three minutes. Usually you're beaten at that point, but the Rockets weren't. Westbrook had 31 to lead the team. The Rockets come back and beat the Bucks 120 to 116. And so now, as we overanalyze everything in a small sample of games, how good is Milwaukee? And holy cow, how good is Houston? Well, Houston, the thing that impressed me down the end, their defense was just stunningly good. You know, they have D'Antoni's always had that knock, and, and Houston has had that knock. Harden was playing straight-up good defense. I was very, very impressed the last couple minutes. That game was last night, on uh, Sunday night, and it was an outstanding defensive effort at the end, man. Milwaukee was just tripping over all over themselves. They were throwing the ball away. They hard, had a hard time getting good shots, and a lot of it was because of what the Rockets were doing defensively. So I really have to tip my cap for them. When it came down to it, they played some great defense. And then the other night, before that, the Rockets, what were they down seven with 45 seconds to go to Dallas, and they found mm-hmm. a way to win that game. They got a lot of firepower. And I know Russell Westbrook may not be the most efficient in ball usage. I don't care about that stuff. I'm a basketball fan. I'm not a front office person. I just like watching him and Harden play because they entertain me. Well, Houston has now moved into a tie for fourth with the Jazz. They'd be four and five and meeting in the playoffs if the playoffs started today. But the Rockets still have uh, just a game behind the Nuggets and they're three behind the Clippers. That seems like a long way to go, but they might be able to get to third. We'll see how they do going forward. The Mavericks are in the uh, race trying to uh, at seven, trying to get to six, but it looks like they might be settling into seven. They got beat again, this time by the Phoenix Suns. Devin Booker scored 30 in the win for Phoenix, but he also got in foul trouble. And when he sat down, the Suns were still able to go on a run. And uh, Luka Doncic, I thought when he drove to the hoop late in the game, he had a chance there for a big bucket, but he kicked it back outside. That surprised me a little bit. Well, he's young. Uh, Mavericks really just have two big-time players, and they need to get better. Their future their future is ahead of them. How about that, uh, mm-hmm. to be obvious? And Phoenix, uh, I would love to see a stat anytime Ricky Rubio scores 20 points. Before Memphis, uh, Jazz, and now obviously with Phoenix. Because if he could score the ball in addition to what else he does, that just makes his team pretty good from what we saw here. I don't watch the Suns a lot, but from what we saw the last two years in Salt Lake, obviously when he was able to do that, that was that's always been the bugaboo with him. But, you know, you speak of Booker having the foul trouble. Well, Rubio came up big in that game. Pelicans rookie Zion Williamson says uh, it's tough for him on this minutes limitation he's facing. His quote, it's very tough to be honest because as soon as I start to break that sweat, I look over the horns for me and have to come out of the game. And also when I do catch the flow of the game, like I said, that horn goes off and it's for me. Pelicans right now, game and a half behind the ninth place Spurs. Gonna be, they, they could make it, but it looks like it's going to be hard. I know everybody wants to see Zion, but it looks like it's going to be hard for them. 
as long as he's on this minutes restriction to get to the yeah, I don't understand what they're doing here. It's a 20-year-old kid, and, and he can play 15 minutes a game, and then he's got to watch. DJ and PK. As Kendrick, oh. Perkins, as Kendrick Perkins said, let the bear out of the cage. <laughs> <laughs> DJ and PK. Hashtag NFL. I respect all the players on our team. We all have to make decisions and talk to those guys, and they explain their situation, and they had to make the decision that was best for them, and I totally respect and support it 100%. What's more surprising? Eight Patriots have opted out. A ninth one, longtime captain Devin McCourty, ripping the NFL for attempting to move the deadline in which players can opt out. Or Bill Belichick in a press conference speaking civilly in complete sentences. Which one surprised you more? I'll go with C. Oh, I think Belichick does that. Uh, but particularly when you talk to Belichick about issues rather than a specific what's your game plan and why'd you lose this ball game. Uh, to me, the opting out is just like the national anthem. If you don't want to kneel, don't. It really it, it infuriates me that I have to know the names of each player and coach who doesn't kneel. That's what we've come to. It, it, it's a story if you don't kneel. I think that's a load of crap. And same thing here with the players who opt out. If that's what you want to do, then do it. It reminds me of the missions with the BYU players and obviously some other teams, but mostly with BYU. If you don't want to go, don't go. It's your personal choice. I don't care either way, and I got to support you either way for that matter. Eagles coach Doug Peterson has tested positive. The team announced last night he's asymptomatic. He's doing well. And we got no preseason games in August, PK, so uh, he's in self-quarantine. He can communicate with the team's uh, medical staff. And the games don't happen until September, so uh, plenty of time for him to get back. DJ and PK. I respect all the players on our team. We all have to make it. We know that, Bill. Hashtag college football. Well, all kinds of off-the-field news for college sports, PK. There were stories this weekend about the Power Five maybe leaving the NCAA. Then you got a story about the group of Pac-12 football players, which apparently numbers as much as uh, 400 now, supporting the cause. There were multiple letters penned a letter in the Players' Tribune threatening to opt out of fall camp and game participation, lesser demands for fair treatment, safety regulations, and concerns over racial justice for college athletes are, are met by the conference. So you got all of that. And you also had SEC football players raising concerns about the upcoming football season during a conference call with officials of the uh, conference and the medical advisory board. Audio obtained by the Washington Post. So it's out there. You think the the NCAA and Pac-12 news cancel each other out? As long as the Power 5 stays in the NCAA, the Pac-12 can look at the athletes and shrug and go, well, we can't do this because the NCAA rules. If they bolt from the NCAA, then they could do this. I don't think they will, but they could. Yeah, I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna. I don't think they're gonna pass the buck. And four hundred, there could be five thousand of them. Uh, but if you don't boycott, then what is your support? So just because, yeah, I support it. I support their right to do it too. But that doesn't mean that they're gonna, they're gonna get what with, they want. Yeah. I mean, the, the sharing revenue. Yeah, good luck on that, man. I mean, maybe you need to just overhaul the deal. And how about if it's going to be a job? and it reflects the real world, then, yeah, I'm all for it, man. Let's go. And let's have that. And the 
backup center, you know, what are you going to make and what's the quarterback going to make and do we do we do we do away with scholarships and just pay them, pay them the going rate, and they want uh, administrators and coaches' salaries to be cut. Great. I want all the people who are above me to have their salaries cut too. <laughs> this is this is part of the real world. <laughs> you great. <laughs> I, I, I laugh on. Well, the coach makes and you make. Well, yeah. People who own me, were, they make billions. I don't get anywhere near that. Let, let, let's get a start. Let's have it. Let's have it be the real world. That'd be awesome. Uh, and, and then let's pay them what they're worth. Stop with the scholarships and let's pay them what they're worth. And let's have it. Everybody's not worth the same. Pretty sure uh, we make more than the producer makes. And that's the way it goes. I would love to see it. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see that, though. What are we going to see? Uh, I don't think they're going to get the demands on the money. I mean, this is not going to happen. I mean, this is a, a tough year when the, they're already looking at budget cuts to think that they're going to uh, agree to uh, spend more money. Uh, I just don't see it happening. And I think when push comes to shove, the players will keep playing. Now, of course, depending on the health of every market, Maybe we'll just have no games at all. How can you have a boycott if there's no games anyway? But that's still but that's still almost two months out, so I'd, well, I'd be surprised. Issues, everyone is concerned about yeah. them. I mean, that's just obvious. So you concede on a couple points and not on the others, and you got a deal, and then there you go. Of course, everyone wants the utmost safety. Who doesn't? DJ and PK. Hashtag Major League Baseball. Here's all. Swing and a liner to the left. It doesn't even need to get high. Adios, amigo. Five home runs in five straight games. Aaron Judge just plants one into the left field seats. A line shot. And the Yankees take the lead three to two. Aaron Judge homering in five straight games. He actually hit two yesterday, and the Yankees needed both of them as they outslugged the Red Sox 9-7. So he's the first Yankee to homer in five straight games since Alex Rodriguez in 2007. He's got six home runs in the first eight games. He is crushing a PK. He is a hitting machine. A slugging machine. When I went to NAU for a couple years in the... They opened the dome that they have now. This is actually literally my first year when they opened the dome. And they had this massive, down at the, uh, I think it was the north end zone, this massive lumberjack. It seemed like it was like 20 feet, 20 feet tall as a uh, symbol, you know, because they're the NAU lumberjacks. And every time I look at Judge do his thing, it reminds me of that lumberjack. He just looks so bigger and stronger than everybody. And it looks like he could just mash the ball, which is exactly what he's doing right now. Clayton Kershaw is back, baby. All right, he's on a Zion Williamson kind of limit. You can't just turn him loose and let him go out there and throw 150 pitches. So he went five and two-thirds innings. The PK went five and two-thirds shutout innings. Diamondbacks get beat by the Dodgers 3-0. It's all the Dodgers need is more pitching, right? Well, actually, they do. This is the regular season. Uh, so good good on him for doing what he did, but he's got to do it in the postseason. 
Dodgers off to a seven and three start, and now they got uh, they got him back too. Uh, Reds swept the Tigers in a doubleheader, notable because it was seven inning doubleheaders. But with everything else going on, I didn't hear any complaints about seven inning doubleheaders. PK. I mean, the rules are the same for everybody. So what difference does it make? Giannis Cespedes didn't show up for the team's game. Everybody was worried for a little bit. Then it turns out he's opted out, just packed up and left. Says it's COVID-19 related. Atlanta won the game 4-0. The Mets are off to a brutal start. This is just a bizarro story and a weird year and what looks like a bad season for the Mets. Bummer. Shohei Otani, discomfort in his throwing arm. Got out of the first inning. Didn't get out of the second, though. Angels ended up losing to the Astros 6-5 in 11 innings. Think this is going to work, or at some point, is he just going to be a DH or an outfielder? Uh, I don't know what his skills are in the outfield. I've never seen him play in the outfield, so I can't answer that. Uh, But, yeah, you've had an arm trouble now twice already significantly, so it looks like it's trending towards the DH. DJ and PK. Golf. Golf. Justin Thomas gets it done, wins the uh, World Golf Championship event, the St. Jude, and he's now got 13 tour wins at a very young age. Is he the guy? We keep asking this every time. Is he the guy? 13 wins at 27. Tiger got there at a younger age. And if somebody else, was it Jack, I think? Yeah, he's like third youngest to get to 13 wins. Now, when I look at Justin Thomas, it really just irritates me. Why is that? I'm okay with Kepka and DeChambeau and Phil and Tiger hitting it 385 yards. But it really bugs me when Justin Thomas does it. Because he's not a big guy? Because he's your size? He's way smaller. Yeah, it bugs me when Justin Thomas does it. Gets under my skin. I can handle everybody else, but not him. Put Finau on that list, too. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. Receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. All right, coming up. Talk college football. Dennis Dodd, national college football writer for CBSSports.com, is going to join us at 8 o'clock. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider, at 9 o'clock. Get your reaction to the jazz and the loss. We will do that next. Stay with us. It's 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.